Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Greetings Grapple fans and welcome to another edition of the Pro Wrestling Index right here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. I am your host Andy Wales and tonight we're back together. The band has got back and I promise there won't be any singing, not like last week. Uh, I, I promise, I promise, I promise there will not be any singing tonight. Yet more Chacha is back by my side. Good evening Mo and it's great to have you back. Good evening. Actually, you say that I was about to burst into a stain song, which goes, it's been a while, but never mind, maybe for another time. But yeah, it has been a while, hasn't it, Andy? Um, <laughs> it has been what, too long. Yeah, yeah. Good six, seven weeks since we were last uh, together on the Pro Wrestling Index. But um, reunited we are. The band is back together and uh, long may it continue. Yeah, we, we are back because of great balls of fire and i'm sorry but I, nobody can make that sound sinister only paul Heyman. but <laughs> we will be getting to that because yes tonight we are going to be uh giving you a full rundown of the card of great balls of fire the the uh raw exclusive pay-per-view coming this weekend on the wwe network but before we uh get things started on breaking that card down um Bits and pieces have been coming out more about around this uh, May Young Classic, the uh, the women's tournament that's due to be screened uh, beginning at the end of August on the WWE Network. Now, it has been announced that uh, it's Jim Ross and Lita who are going to be calling the action, and I personally think that's a, a great call. Although I'm not the greatest fan of Lita when she's on the microphone, obviously she is a legend from the women's division, but I think... Having the voice of Jim Ross there calling, it's going to pull all the hardcore fans in, and I think that's just an ideal, ideal appointment. Um, I, I would have said so, but um, Jim Ross actually commentated. I mean, as you know, Jim Ross returned to the WWE um, in limited capacity as the commentator for the WWE's UK show. So obviously. They tape a show here every couple of months, and the most recent one was in Norwich back in May. Well, a couple of shows in Norwich, and um, you know he'll continue to do that with Nigel McGuinness. 
Um, but what you'll also be doing is, um, as you say, co-commentating on these shows with Lita. But um, he also has an outside project. Um, so he commentated on um, New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is the number one promotion in Japan. Um, they ran a couple of shows last weekend um, in in California in the United States. And he he put in probably the worst commentary performances of his career. He was abysmal. Um, he didn't have a clue what was going on, forgetting names, getting people mixed up, didn't know the names and moves. Um, just seemed unprepared, which is very unlike Jim Ross. And um, so after that, it got me concerned that maybe on the May Young Classic, where, again, he's going to be calling matches for um a bunch of women who he's very unfamiliar with, maybe hasn't even heard of, um, how good a job will he do? So uh, that that's something that I'm a, a bit worried about. But, you know, Jim Ross is still the greatest commentator of all time. And uh, if he does make that little bit of effort to research uh, the ladies that will be taking part of the tournament, um, then as you say, you know, he should certainly be a, uh, you know, um, a good addition to that commentary uh, lineup. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is a tournament that will kick off in um, the next week or so, as we call this, in terms of the tapings, and then they will air in blocks of four um, on the WWE Network, starting with the first four episodes to be uploaded on demand onto the WWE Network, August the 28th. Um, the following four will be uploaded about a week or so later. And then there'll be a live finale, which will air um, on the 12th of September. So uh, not too dissimilar to the uh, Cruiserweight Classic, which was a big hit on the WWE Network last summer. Um, and this is a, an attempt to sort of replicate that but um, for the women's division. Yeah, that, that's correct. I mean, the, the timing of all that. I do wonder whether... The fact that it's going to be taped and edited and everything like that, I think any indiscretions will be ironed out along the way. I'm sure um, WWE won't allow, you know, a production to be put out with uh, lots of errors and whatnot in there. And I'm, I, I trust um, that was probably just a, a one-off for Jim Ross, because like you say, it's it's most unlike him to be unprepared and um, and, be, and befuddled by what's happening in the ring. Mm. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but no, I mean, it, this is, this should be a good tournament. I mean, it will have 32 women um, from all around the world. And the WWE has already named about 15 or so of the 32. Um, so, I mean, as we get closer to the shows appearing on the network, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about them. But um, a couple of the names immediately to uh, watch out for are... Um, Kairi Hojo, who's known in the tournament as Kairi Sane, and um, she's a fantastic talent from um, Japan, um, one of the most gifted female wrestlers in the world, and a um, major acquisition for the WWE uh, with her recent signing, uh, which I did, I think, talk about on the, on the pod a couple of months ago. Um, and then there's another lady that will be um, appearing, known as Jazzy uh, Gaber, who is a German female wrestler, and um, she's competed as the alpha female um, in in the UK and around Europe. She's got a very distinctive look. Also competes in MMA, 
Um, not the kind of person you want to get on the wrong side of. She she really looks like a legit badass, and uh, you know she she will certainly be one to uh, stick out from the rest of the pack um, as part of this tournament. And then the final name I'll mention is um, a young girl um, from Australia called Tony Storm, who is the uh, partner of um, the former WWE United Kingdom champion Tyler Bate. Um, so Tony Storm, um, you know, is, is uh, a very, very good talent, has been wrestling around the UK, based at Wolverhampton for a, a good year to two years now, and, um, you know, very, very capable female wrestler. So um, already some good, good talents that have been lined up for the show and uh, for the tournament rather, and, um, you know, more big names will be announced in the coming weeks so really looking forward to it yeah i think if the cruiserweight classic is anything to go by it could be quite the interesting tournament and as more said uh, as we do get closer to that uh, tournament actually kicking off uh, on the network we will talk a bit more about that and give you a bit more of a, a look into it because i'm sure some of them women might end up on your, your nxt shows so yeah it's it's a, a peak of the future so to speak um but moving along before we get to Great Balls of Fire, another slight diversion here, because um, on the, the SmackDown side of things, we've got the, the Battleground pay-per-view coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Um, more couple of, couple of matches starting to get booked for that one. That's right, yeah. So um, we uh, discovered that um, the Punjabi prison match made famous by the Great Kali is making um, its long-awaited return. I've sure been missing that one, so I'm really glad it's making a comeback. Um, so that will feature Jinder Mahal as the WWE champion, um, defending his title against the former champ, Randy Orton. Um, so, I mean, we'll talk about it in a bit more detail and depth um, in a couple of weeks when we preview the show. Um, but um, that'll certainly be a, an interesting one in terms of how they can pull that one off and still make it um, a watchable contest. Um, there's been the announcement of the uh, Usos against the New Day um, in a tag team contest um, that a rap battle of sorts um, on this past week's Raw um, where there was a uh, not so subtle reference to um, uh, as part of that rap battle to uh, one Xavier Woods um, uh, how can I pull it rendezvous with um, Paige um, which is um, something that's uh, well documented on on social media um john cena made his return to smackdown as well this week and um he was interrupted by rusev and um, the combination of that segment is that um these two will have a flag match so that those who are resurrecting their rivalry that took place on raw um over quite a period of time yeah, about uh, last year ago, wasn't it and, oh, oh yeah that, that's right yeah i mean it was not longer than ago, a year ago that's correct, yeah. Wow, does time fly? Yeah. Um, and then um, also just announced is um, AJ Styles, who won a battle royal um, for the number one contendership, the uh, United States Championship, held by Kevin Owens. So of all of those matches I've just talked about, that by far is the one that I'm most looking forward to because these are two of the elite wrestlers on the planet and uh, – you know, if they're motivated to have an amazing match, then they will have an amazing match, and it will be one of the best 
matches of the year full stop. So uh, really eagerly waiting that one. Yeah, so, the so card, that's it, yeah, the, that card's taking shape, and again, you know, in the lead up to to that event, we we'll do a full preview and look ahead to that one. But let's let let's get to, into the Great Balls of Fire, and I want to start at the top of the card because I think there's there's nowhere else you can get going other than the main event because. I honestly more <clears throat> I can't wait till the end of the, to to the towards the end of this show to talk to you about this. Samoa Joe Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. If you ask me, you know, back, you know, 2 3 years maybe fantasy opponents for Brock Lesnar um just about at the top of that list if not at the top of it would have been for me Samoa Joe you know, someone who I, it's just a match I wanted to see. Perfect opponent, you know, similar sort of size, the believability, you know, the, the legitimacy, everything. And I really believed that, that they, them two could put on a match and they, we could have a great build and everything. And lo and behold, it's happened. It's, it's not been a major pay per view, which is a slight disappointment. However, it's happening. It's for a title. And other than this past week, which I was really disappointed about with this split interview, and I, I, it kind of it, it was it was a disappointment for me that one. Other than this past week on Raw, I think the build has been fantastic, and I have to congratulate WWE for the way that they've built it. That you know, it feels like a big match. It really matters, and I just love the way that both camps are really put things across oh certainly it's been um, one of the more effective builds for a <clears throat> match on a pay-per-view in quite a while and um, I, I think the credit for that belongs to um, Paul Heyman because you know he he's somebody who obviously um, um, in, in terms of legitimately um, advising Brock Lesnar in terms of the storylines that he's involved in and um, you know, the fact that they've put Samojo over so strong where, you know, Lesnar has come up, you know, second best to Samojo um, on several occasions, um, whereas, you know, with other uh, opponents in the past, he's, you know, treated them with contempt. And uh, there's certainly not been any of that here. Um, it helps the fact that Samojo has, much like Lesnar, that kind of aura around him that suggests you know this is a legit tough guy um you know he can really handle himself um a little bit like taz used to have um in his ecw days and to an extent in his early days in in wwe um and those types of characters don't come along all that often these days and when they do um then they you know are typically going to make for good opponents to brock lesnar who obviously has legitimate credentials um having obviously been a former ufc heavyweight champion um so I'm, I'm glad that they didn't go and do something stupid like um have lesnar just flatten him week after week um treat him with contempt treat him like he was not worth um even bothering with um so they've really made joe look like a credible threat challenger contender to Brock Lesnar for his uh, Universal Championship. So that was 
absolutely what they needed to do. And, you know, it, I mean, it's easy to say it was obvious that they needed to book it that way. But how many times have we seen the same or similar types of scenarios where they do completely the wrong thing and they make one opponent look considerably weaker than the other yeah, uh, for no good reason? I think it's been refreshing that it's been built like a big fight as or like, you know, like an, a, a legitimate spotting contest. You know, the, that, that sort of, you know, the boxing or the MMA, the big fight feel, it's been built like that. We've not had any soap opera storylines. It's purely two big yeah. physical aggressive guys butting heads. And, and you've got the, that little yeah. psychology in there. I like that, you know, that Paul Heyman's building up <laughs> right from the very beginning of all the credentials of Samoa Joe. And then the, the Samoa Joe thing of the playing them games. Of, of taking out Paul Heyman to get Brock Lesnar, you know, wound up, and that you know this is what this is. It's it's two it's two alpha males going head to head. You know they're fighting, and it's and presented in that manner. It's 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 quite refreshing nowadays, and and I think they they could they could follow this kind of a format a lot more often. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think with this type of um, kind of immovable object versus irresistible force type of scenario that they've got here. Um, it's not something they can do week in, week out with um, half the roster. Um, but certainly, you know, you're quite right. It's something they can certainly do more often. And um, it's not something we see um, often enough. So, you know, they, you know, they need to also spread it beyond just Brock Lesnar because typically when they run, um, these kind of bills where it's more of a sports feel than more of a sports entertainment feel. Um, you know, it normally does involve, involve Brock. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see it with extended to others as well. Um, but the, yeah, the, the build has been good. And I think that the, the match, um, will play out really well as well. And, uh, you know, I think it will be, um, I, I think it will be a, a really, really, good match um i don't think it'll be a classic match um i, I think they'll try to um perform it in more of a an mma type style and and the one match i can liken it to is something that i think it'll be similar to is um a match that Samoa Joe had with kurt angle in tna i think it was um i don't think it was their original match but there was a match i think they had in a cage possibly at lockdown and they fought it in a very shoot style, UWFI style. Um, I don't know if you remember Bushido from back in the day, but yeah. um, it was very much that kind of style of match. Well, and, this has um, almost been reminiscent, that first sort of head face-to-face between Lesnar yeah. and, uh, and Joe was kind of reminiscent mm. of the first time you saw Kurt Angle in TNA and Samoa Joe came out, you know, on the headbutt, and that was it. Yeah. And it was, it, yeah. the, the, you know, there are parallels here and, and it, it's like I said, you know, for me, it's quite refreshing to see to see um, the build up to a fight presented in this manner. Oh, totally, yeah. I mean, we see so many kind of typical, um, you know, well, Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I mean, God, that that whole stuff on this past week's Raw just bored me to tears. I mean, the the Rollins promo and the, I mean. The, as time goes by, I just get more and more um, tired and 
um, in, almost indifferent to the whole Bray Wyatt gimmick. It just, I mean, I always felt frustrated for him because I thought, okay, this is a guy that um, is held back by the fact the company is living a PG product. But, you know, the same can be said for a number of other talents and they still get more mileage out of their characters and cut more effective promos than uh, Bray Wyatt does. And he, he increasingly does nothing for me now. And, no, it's, um, it's the same promo every week. Yeah, he, he laughs, yeah. he yeah. jumbles some mumbles and some garbage and gobbledygook and it doesn't really make yeah. any sort of logical sense or anything. Pops on screen. It gets very little reaction. Yeah, um, it's just Fans boring. just sit there on their hands. Yeah. It really is boring now. And I, mm. I think he's in absolutely desperate need of something to the point where I'm thinking, do they even put him with Bo Dallas and just you know acknowledge their brothers or something? You know, is have we come to to that point in the road with his character? Because I, I just think yeah. the 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 chance that they had to re reignite him and maybe inject something new into him was when he was given the title, the WWE title, early in the year, and it got a massive pop at the time, and it's felt like. That was it. That was the opportunity for a babyface turn. But they defied logic and still tried to make him the the heel and Randy Orton, the guy who'd conducted this um, heinous plan behind his back, as the babyface. Mm. And it fell yeah. flat on its face. And, and I think Bray Wyatt's, you know, what what he had left went with that program, I feel. I agree, yeah. Yeah, it's... um. A character just never has clicked within WWE. They've persisted with it. Um, you know, they had the Wyatt family. And I think that's the only time before they had their several um, sp- splits and then their reformation and then splits. Um, you know, when they had that original group, um, I thought that was halfway towards being an effective group. Um, when they had that feud with the Shield, um, they did some good stuff then. But um, really, the last couple of years, you know, as, especially as he's been a singles performer for the bulk of that time, um, it really has gone nowhere fast. And, um, you know, unfortunately, you've got to say that um, for much of his time since he returned from injury last year, the same can be said of Seth Rollins. Um, you know, he had a memorable match with Triple H, uh, despite having that serious knee injury. Um, at WrestleMania three months ago, but um, you know, since since then, it it's been a bit up and down for him. And you know, this is a guy who was really the focal point of the WWE um, prior to his um, previous knee injury. So it's it's sad for him that his career has kind of floundered, relatively speaking. And um, I just think that this whole Bray Wyatt feud does again nothing for him which is a shame because he had a little bit of momentum finally um, coming out of WrestleMania. And uh, since then, um, it really hasn't happened. And uh, I'd like to think that they will do something a bit more meaningful with him um, coming out of this match. So, I mean, in terms of the match itself, uh, I'm not really looking forward to it. That said, I think it will be still a pretty good match. And I'd expect Rollins to win just because... He, he's got far more talent than Bray Wyatt has, um, and he's potentially got more upside in terms of being an overact 
So it just made no sense for me to have Wyatt win um, unless they decided to prolong the program between the two, possibly oh, up until us. SummerSlam. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm just not interested in seeing more of these two going at it. I'd like no. to see Rollins move on to something more meaningful. So I'm yeah. hoping that he wins the match, moves on, and then break and... I couldn't care less what he does, to be honest. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it, Rollins desperately needs something. Uh, personally, I'd like to see Rollins and uh, Finn Balor go head-to-head, be put together in a programme based upon them two are having a match at SummerSlam with a winner becoming the number one contender to the Universal Championship. Simple as that. You know, not, well, they've not, got unfinished no business, haven't they? No, you know what I mean? No sort of... Um, soap opera storyline or anything like that, pure and simple sporting content, right? You know, the is a match, you two, uh, the winner becomes a number one contender. There's something on the line, you've got something to fight for, you know, and hopefully, them two can it, it puts them into a, a meaningful match and it can bring the best out of each other. Oh, totally, yeah. And, um, you know, Finn Balor's feud with, um, I can't remember his name now. The, oh, the, the drifter Elias player. Sampson? Is that even a feud? Elias Sampson, yeah. Um, so it shows you how much I care about him that I can't be bothered to remember his name. And, uh, you know, the <laughs> fact that they're having... with Bray Wyatt. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Preferably um, not on, on TV. On the pre-show. Yeah, so <laughs> if, if, if we don't see it, it doesn't happen. But, <laughs> no, it's, it's something that would be far more um, worthy of Rollins and... Uh, Finn Balor to have those two um, going at it, you know, face versus face, just um, about um, who is the better man. You yeah. know, it can be framed around that. And yeah. uh, as I said, you know, they've got some unfinished business as well, you yeah. know, stemming from SummerSlam. Uh, la- it was SummerSlam last year, wasn't yeah. it? So, uh, exactly. So, uh, yeah, do it. Go ahead, WWE. You can you can have that one for free. Um, yeah. I'm actually going back to um, Cho against Lesnar. So yeah. in terms of predictions, then um, I, I predict um, I actually predict a, an upset win for Samoa Joe. I, I'm actually predicting a title change. Ooh, see, I, I, I don't expect a title change. I think this has been, you know, they put Joe over strong just to actually to make it an interesting match, so we can. Actually, yeah, sorry, no. Temporary brain fart. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going with Legend of winning the title. Um, you got excited. Yeah, yeah. No, um, Lesnar wins um, because um, we've got a fair idea where things are heading for SummerSlam, yeah. which we'll come on to a bit later on. We will come uh, to that much later on. Yeah. But I think that Samoa Joe will have something coming out of that match, which still gives him something to cling on to, to say. Yeah. Yes, I lost, but you know well, it was only because of such and such happening that um, it cost me the title. Yeah, well, let, let's let's hope so anyway. Let's hope so. Um, let's quickly pick up what's due to be happening on the pre-show is Neville defending the cruiserweight championship against Akira Tozawa. Um, a little bit of a shame that'll be on the pre-show because I really enjoy watching Neville in his um, in his heel character. He's great. And I do think these two will have a very good match, although I'm slightly perplexed as to quite what what the end game is for uh, for the cruiserweight division and Neville, and just you know who who can they get that would sing 
plausible as 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 a real threat to him because he he really does feel such a strong character, doesn't he? Oh, he does. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's a shame in a way because Tazawa is actually um, one of the very very best talents um, in the world. Um, he's he's a hell of a worker, but you'd never know it watching um, Toro Five Live or cruiserweights on raw because um he only gets to really show a fraction of what he's capable of um so he, he come across as a, a very good wrestler but uh, nothing that's out of the ordinary but in fact he is out of the ordinary he's he's an incredibly talented wrestler very very special talent um but as i say he just gets very limited opportunities to show it um you know neville again is another guy who um, like Tazawa wrestled extensively in Dragon Gate in, in Japan and these two over there um, you know pulled out some work which was um, just out of this world and uh, it's a real shame how the Cruiserweight division has been booked because after that early promise coming out of the Cruiserweight tournament last year you know we thought they were onto something but the booking of this and placing it on Raw um, it's just fallen flat on its face and, you know, the reactions are almost non-existent and uh, it's, a, it's a shame. Um, that all said, though, I think they'll have a, a pretty good match. I don't think they'll be almost allowed to go out and have a, an amazing match, um, especially on the pre-show. So they'll be given maybe 10, 12 minutes to go out and have a, a pretty good match and, um, you know, I think, I think they'll pull something decent off, but... Uh, I think you're right. Neville, you know, he's likely to retain. You know, he's booked as a strong champion. Um, certainly, um, comes across very well um, in that role. Um, but as you say, where does he go from there? And um, you know, the rest of the uh, cruiserweight division isn't exactly um, stacked at this moment in terms of credible challengers. And um, you know, do they really want to go back to Austin Aries so soon after that feud ended? Probably not. So that, that's certainly a dilemma for them. Um, so that's why um, there is that possibility that uh, Tazawa wins a belt under Tykes O'Neill's tutelage, but um, I, I think that Neville retains and um, is more likely to drop the title um, at SummerSlam. Yeah, I, I certainly don't expect Neville to be losing the, the title uh, this weekend. Uh, it, be, it will be interesting going forward whether or not there's there's something looming on the horizon or whether someone to come in. Um, we'll, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, what what says you of the women's championship then? Alexa Bliss, Sasha Banks. Uh, I think Alexa has really grown on screen. You know, since she's been moved up, they, I think they've they've handled her really well. The really you know the way that they handled her character. She's improving in the ring, but I, I feel like she's still fairly limited, and they've protected her quite well from that. So I've got to say more. I, I don't expect this to be anything like a classic, which is a shame because I think Sasha Banks is crying out to have a classic match. But uh, what, what says you on the direction of the championship here? Because personally, I, I can't see it changing hands here. Yeah, I agree. Um... I think they've brought Sasha in just to uh, fill a little bit of a gap because I think ultimately they do want to go back to Alexa and Bailey, and uh, that's why 
even in the build-up to um, Bliss versus Banks in the last several weeks, um, Bailey still featured within that build. Uh, indeed, they were part of that tag match just um, on this past week's Raw. So I suspect that um, beyond the show, um, they'll go back to Bliss and Bailey and um, possibly use that to uh, feature at SummerSlam and then have Bailey. Um, go over and win the title for a second time um, on that show. But you're quite right again. I mean, Bliss is coming across as a very credible champion. Um, not quite the worker that um, the likes of Charlotte and Sasha Banks are, but um, by no means looking out of place um, in the ring with the likes of Sasha and uh, Bailey. So, you know, it, it's clear that they're like their heel champions because... Um, so in the last couple of years, you know, a lot of the key belts on the raw side have been held most of the time by heels. And um, I, I I think that um, there's a possibility that it might even go with a three-way at SummerSlam as well. But I just don't get the feel that they'll look to change the belt on this show. Um, and if they do, um, as we've seen with this title in particular, um, they're not against using um, it for a TV title switch. Um, we saw that several times with um, Charlotte. And so, um, so obviously with Charlotte losing on TV, only to then win it back on, on pay-per-view. Um, so it's entirely possible that Sasha could even win the belt, um, lose it on TV, and then um, Alexa defends it um, at, uh, at SummerSlam. But... Um, of all the options, I, I, I would I would suspect that um, Alexa Bliss retains. Yeah, let, let's hope we don't start seeing that title getting flip flopped uh, week after week again, like it was before, because it doesn't help anyone in in the mix there, and especially not the title itself. Um, moving from the women's to the Intercontinental Championship, then uh, the Miz defending here against Dean Ambrose. Uh, he's now got Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. His um, oh, what did he call them? The 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 Miz Tourage, was it something like that? Uh, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The the lower the the, the job Tourage or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Tourage. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I've got to be honest. I've, I'm so tired of seeing this this feud now between these two. It's been going on a while on Raw. It was before that. It was going on SmackDown. I don't expect a great match. Um, I think Dean Ambrose desperately needs something. And and the Miz. <laughs> it's quite curious that the um, you know that the script that the Miz was uh, was feeding on on Raw, you know, really tearing into Ambrose about, you know, how he was going to be the breakout star of the Shield, but didn't. Um, I wonder whether there's people within WWE kind of really trying to sort of um, sort of joust at him to see whether or not we get a reaction from Dean Ambrose and really get something from him because uh, I really feel he's been disappointing for quite a long time now. And, and again, I can't see the title changing hands anymore. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, um, you know, the Miz has um, certainly had a bit more momentum behind him over the last um, 12 months and um, was certainly producing some pretty good work over on the SmackDown side um, prior to moving to Raw. And even since moving to Raw, 
Um, hasn't quite lived up to the kind of levels he was delivering on SmackDown, but still has, has been decent. Whereas Dean Ambrose um, is just slightly above Bray Wyatt in the list of people that I'm becoming increasingly indifferent towards. And uh, he's just a body on Raw now, you know, and um, he might come up with the odd half amusing line, um, you know, as part of his quirky character on Raw. But that's about the only redeeming factor he's got going for him. Um, he's a very capable worker. Um, you know, he's got some charisma, but uh, certainly not fulfilling his potential whatsoever. Uh, we've been crying out for him to have a change of character, possibly turn heel for months now on this pod. Um, they still persist with him as a face. And um, I think that given the circumstances around this match, we certainly aren't going to cha- see any kind of change in his character um, during or after this match. So um, I think that he'll probably um, have the bulk of the match um, and then Miz will win it on the cheap and retain the title. I don't think it will be a great match. It might be a decent one, um, but that's about it. Miz will then hopefully move on um, and then defend that title at SummerSlam against somebody who's a bit more worthy, whereas Dean Ambrose can um, possibly disappear into the same pool of nothingness that Bray Wyatt can dwell in. <laughs> I'm being yeah. a bit harsh tonight, am I? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. You're really not. And and that's the thing. I mean, it was it was it was a while back, and I found it really awkward to watch. And that was that live podcast between Stone Cold and um, Dean Ambrose, and it was kind of. I thought it was quite evident there that Dean Ambrose really kind of lacked a bit of depth to his character. And there was Stone Cold there kind of, you know, trying to give him some pointers to, you know, to really lay it in. And, you know, because I I think he sees something in him, but maybe he doesn't see him pushing himself enough. And, and you could see him sort of pushing back. And, and it was, it was, it was kind of awkward to watch in a way. And you can see that he's kind of drifted along for so long, and it's 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 a shame because I I think I'll think back to the Dean Ambrose character within the Shield, and it was it was a bit sort of a little bit wacky, but it was more you know that unstable thing that they they put across. He did seem unstable in an aggressive way, whereas now it's just goofy and stupid. And I think back to the real turning point was probably a year and a half ago, where after the Royal Rumble. Where Raw, there was that snowstorm in America, and there was very few people were there, and you know, and they had that thing of him walking everywhere in the snow, and it just, it, for me, that was that that was the, the beginning of the end of his character. It was so goofy and it was ridiculous, and and uh, also he had that um, feud with Brock Lesnar, um, yeah. which uh, culminated in that match at WrestleMania last year, yeah. and. Um, it was awful. Yeah, yeah. Brock clearly didn't see no. why he should take him seriously. Clearly didn't want to give him the no. time of day. And Ambrose and, did uh, nothing to make you think he should be taken seriously. No, that's right, yeah. That, I mean, that is the thing here, yeah. That's right. And, you know, if you listen to um, the likes of Austin and Hogan and others, uh, once they get over to a certain level, they're very protective of their characters. They don't believe in just jobbing to any old person. They don't think that, okay, just now that I'm a megastar, that by jobbing to 
Joe Bloggs over there that it will make him a star. They still feel that that individual needs to have something about them so that if they give, if, if they put that person over, if they give them that victory, that they can then do something with it and become a star. And that's why, um, you know, back in the day, um, Hogan to a large extent, and even Austin to an extent. Yeah, well, Austin uh, did it with uh, Lesnar. He did, that, yeah, that that's was right. He walked out because he, he didn't yeah. feel, he said, you know, I, I won't, I'll put him over, but not now, the time is not right. And he, mm. and he was so adamant that he walked out. So, yeah. you know, the, the guy's walked that path, hasn't he? That's right, absolutely. And he and, was right um, as well. Yeah, and and um, I think Brock learnt from that and has adopted that same mindset. Um, and I've personally got no problem with that. Um, I think it's right that you know when individuals do get over in the way that you know an Austin or a Lesnar um, have in the last you know fifteen twenty years that um, they protect um, their legacies in that kind of way and uh, don't cheapen it by just jobbing to anyone. Um, I mean, there, there are the odd occasional talents that come along every once in a while that um, can job to all and sundry and not damage their characters. The, the Rock is a famous example. I mean, he jobbed quite regularly, in fact, on TV to even the likes of Rhino and the Hurricane, and that um, didn't certainly um, impact on, on his character or his legacy. But for others like uh, Lesnar um, or a Stone Cold who are, um, you know, more of a badass type um, um, character, and uh, losses to all and sundry can have a kind of adverse impact. So, you know, that's why I've got personally no problem with Brock um, treating um, Ambrose in that kind of way. In retrospect, at the time it felt like um, it wasn't the right thing to do for somebody who's a part timer to treat a full-time worker who's around week in, week out with such contempt and to give him so little. But, um, you know, looking back now, you can see why he did that. Mm. So the a, a final title match that uh, that we've got to discuss on the card here, it's the tag team titles, uh, Cesaro and Sheamus defending against the Hardy Boys in a 30-minute Ironman match, um, a slightly, obviously, quite unique into, for tag teams to be having an Ironman match um, I, I think the Hardys need something because I'm, I'm wondering either they've, they've, they're building towards creating this, you know, the broken Matt and the brother Nero characters themselves, you know, slowly evolving into that um, but I don't know, I've got a feeling that the, the belts are going to change hands here, maybe because I don't think any of the other titles are going to get switched, that this could be the only title switch we see. Um, what about yourself, Maud? Do, do, do you see the title changing hands and the, the characters involved here and and just the quality of match? Yeah, I agree. I think that um, of all the title matches on the show, this is the one that's most likely to have a title switch. Um you know, because uh, I just don't see it with a lot of the other matches. I think Alexa and Sasha is the only other one where it could be a title switch. Um, Sasha winning it, but uh, I think that this is the one that's most likely. I think the Hardy Boys regain the titles. Um, I'm not convinced that this should be a 30-minute Iron Man match. Um, you know, both, oh, sorry, all four individuals are, are very capable, Cesaro especially, 
Um, but I think this is one that will live and die by how the match is laid out. If they book it to go, say, 25 minutes without a single four, um, it could feel quite boring, actually, getting up to that point in time. Whereas if they stagger the falls out, um, you know, have it perhaps go down to three all leading into the last couple of minutes and then um, the deciding seventh fall going one way or another in, the, in those last couple of minutes, it could turn out to be a pretty exciting match. Um, so there's certainly the possibility, maybe even the probability, that it will be a, a pretty or a very good match. Um, but at the same time, you know, the booking of it could turn it into quite a boring 30 minutes. So that's what I'm certainly hoping for the former. I'm hoping that it's laid out in a, in a sensible way um, that makes the most of the four individuals and certainly highs limitations. And, um, you know, it'd be good to see the Hardys go over um, and win the titles because on the, on the brand, um, you know, it's full of heel champions. And uh, I know Cesaro and Sheamus are kind of in that tweener type role, certainly with Sheamus. Um, but, uh, you know, having, having at least um, one set of face champions on the, on the Royal brand would be good. And so that's why I think the Hardys will win. Yeah, I, I think Cesaro and Sheamus have been good champions. I, I do like them together. They certainly work well together. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I fancy a change here. And, and I do wonder whether that, that title change will then facilitate uh, the revival coming into the, the into the four and perhaps as having, um, you know, a three-way match at SummerSlam or something like that. So, yeah, title change, not only because of the circumstance of the night and, and everything that's going on, but I think, it, you know, going forward, it, it could be absolutely the right thing to do. So um, if if they book it in the way that you suggested there, you know, with a number of falls, I think we could be in for a really exciting match. So fingers crossed that's what they do. Um, Another match has been that the storyline has been featured heavily in recent weeks uh, on Raw, and that's Enzo Mori against Big Cass. Now, I've got to say I didn't like the you know the the backstage attacks and all that. I thought it was so hokey, it was terrible. Everything was really really bad right up until the point where Big Cass got to deliver his promo and. He delivered a couple of promos that were really good, and, and I and I think he's handled himself really, really well in that sense. And we know that Enzo Mori can talk. My feeling on this one more is that this has to be a glorified squash match, really, for Cass here. It really has to be, and I just can't see it being anything else. Yeah, yeah, agree again. Um, whenever Mori's in a singles contest. Um... It is little more than a glorified squash match. He gets some offense in, but um, very rarely wins. And if it is a victory, it's normally a fluke or some outside interference or something of that nature. Um, and uh, I just don't think that they see him as a, a credible singles act, um, despite his clear ability on the mic. Um, I think they've got plans to be cash and... Um, you know, those big plans will have to start with a victory here. So anything other than um, defeat for Amore, then I'll be shocked. Um, as for the match itself, I'm not expecting big things um, in terms of quality. 
I'd be absolutely stunned if it's the match of the night. Um, more likely to be the worst match of the con- of, of of the show. Um, but uh, yeah, it's um, a parting of ways. Um, I've not got any real problem with um, the split between the two. Um, clearly, Cass is somebody that they've um, had an eye on in terms of a more prominent role for. Well, ever since he came on, onto the main roster, in fact. So, uh, you know, uh, if they feel that now is the time to pull the trigger, then so be it. Um, and um, it'll it'll help to fill out the show. Um, it's something a bit different, and uh, it'll it'll just be another match. Um, but uh, yeah, Cass almost certainly is going to win this. Yeah, he absolutely has to. And for me, I'll be surprised if it goes more than five minutes. And we maybe see like. Um a 30 to 60 second comeback from from Enzo get a little bit of in you know of a comeback in there get the crowd up and then let Cass just squash him uh, and just just so Cass can keep that heat as much as anything it you know it makes absolute sense keeps him hot uh, and ready for him to move on for the next stage in his career and it'd be interesting to see what they do cuz like you said you know he he's got something and they seem to uh, see something in him so Let's see where that one goes. So final match of the night, uh, or the what the final match in, that we've got to talk about. Now, we've purposely left left this one to the end because, as you alluded to, uh, I mean, the rumours are abound that uh, Lesnar is keeping the, the title and he will be either facing the winner of the uh, this ambulance match. And I've got to say, I, I really don't like ambulance matches, but I hate the gimmick. But this uh, the match between Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman. Uh, he'll, that uh, Lesnar's going to face either the winner of this match or potentially both of them at SummerSlam. Uh, and more, the crowd are loving Braun Strowman. They they just love it. And I think it's not just that he's the guy that keeps beating up Roman Reigns, but there's just something about his character that the 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 fans of gravitated towards yeah that's right I think it certainly helps him also the fact that um, for um, a fair bit of the last several months he's been the main adversary to um, Roman Reigns when they've both been around and available Um, it's been a bit of a stop start feud with injuries and whatnot but um, yeah that that certainly helped and also um, you know Strowman's that kind of throwback character to um the wwe's almost pre-attitude era days you know almost 80s style where you know he's this big huge monster um wouldn't have been out of place in 80s wwf and um you know he's surrounded by um a sea of um as hulk hogan used to say vanilla midgets and uh you know so that kind of helps him to stand out even more and um you know he doesn't try and be something he isn't he's you know um, a power guy a big guy um, he's not a technical wrestler he's just um he, he's improved though because I, yeah. I thought he was i've got to say in his early work certainly with the whites he was absolutely dreadful but he's mm. really come along you know to the point where he's capable oh yeah you know and he, he is obviously there's something in there his attitude has got to be spot on behind the scenes he's got to be working really hard because he's improved at quite a rate and 
he, his promos are good. I mean, they're just the way he delivers the promos, they're believable, and that that is something. You know, no no matter how ridiculous or outlandish the character or or what he's saying, sometimes, you know, that it is a kind of that eighty throwback that it is so over the top. It's believable the way he presents it, and and that, you know, that that's that you know that that's like it. That's the magic dust. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, he's, he's larger than life, which is something you can't accuse a lot of WWE talents of. Um, and that also certainly helps him. And, uh, you know, he's unashamedly brought, uh, Braun Strowman. You know, he's not, uh, you know, this is a company that's now increasingly filling up with people who are great in the ring, but in terms of other aspects of their characters, um, perhaps are, Slightly deficient, you know, uh, but you know, Braun Strowman is that kind of throwback to an era when the WWE certainly didn't care as much about, um, you know, talents being so good um, from bell to bell. Um, and as I say, the fact that he's against Reigns certainly doesn't harm um, the kind of reactions that Strowman is getting. Um, I mean, the match itself, I think, won't be um, match of the night. At the same time, I think that this is one of these contests that they will try to um, you know, surround with the bells and whistles, and you can do that to an extent with an ambulance match. Um, so I think we'll see some two or three pretty cool, innovative type of um, spots during the contest. Um, but you know, the, the finish of it really depends on where they want to go with SummerSlam. I mean, the, the talk in the last week, week and a half has been that they're leaning towards a singles match between Roman and Brock um, for the SummerSlam and if that's the case then clearly the winner would have to be Roman um, whereas if, as you mentioned they lean towards a three-way um, then it might be either Braun um, you know, winning it or um, a schmoz, a smosh, sorry, get my tongue up untied, schmoz finish uh, which would be some kind of um, uh, I don't know disqualification or some yeah, other or, kind or of screw both, job. Like, both guys end up in the ambulance, or it it, it would be difficult yeah. to do. But I think the yeah. fact that we've got um, Joe and Lesnar, you know, who are undoubtedly going to be closing the card, I think they actually could get away with doing a schmoz finish somewhere in the card with this. Yeah, that's right. It's certainly a lot more easier to get away with um, on the undercard than it is on the main event of the show or or any show. Um, so that's possible. Um, but the other possibility is also that um, even if one of the two was to win um, with the intention of still going ahead with a three-way, that, um, that loser from that contest between Reigns and Strowman could then still um, redeem themselves the next night on Raw to bring them back into that title picture um, involving Brock so um, there's a number of different permutations that, um, that could play out here um, but I, w- I would certainly expect it to be um, a spectacle um, you know if, if not um, a pretty pretty damn good match yeah it, it certainly should be interesting and in its own way can be entertaining um, I'm I'm just looking forward to the reaction of the live crowd of both guys coming out. I must admit, I I just have a chuckle at the reaction to Roman Reigns and and 
clearly Vince McMahon in the earpiece to uh, to the commentary team, kind of putting across them oh, um, a bit of a mixed reaction here. <laughs> Well, that's right. <laughs> you know, so, in the old days, when it was these types of reactions were only taking place in a couple of towns, usually Philadelphia or Toronto. Now they were able to pull out the bizarro world yeah. kind of line, uh, but this happens every single week, irrespective of where they are. Um, so you know, that that kind of line just doesn't work anymore, and. No. Uh, you know, it's something that will carry on and carry on and carry on um, until they decide to address the issue head on rather than try and pretend um, that it, um, you know, it, it exists and um, hope that it just goes away as a problem. Um, yeah. It clearly is a problem because they want Roman Reigns to be the new face of the company and they want him to be uh, the most popular guy on the roster. And um, he's, he's far from that at the moment. And uh, until they... Um, change the way he's booked. Um, there's no signs that that booing and those negative reactions will stop anytime soon. No, I, I I think there's money in him being the most hated guy on the roster. Legitimately, I think there's money in that. And then organically, he can become the, the you know the most loved guy. He can be the most popular. But um, I, I just see stubbornness in it really as much as anything. I just see there's there's, there's a stubborn side to it. You know that we will not be yeah. dictated to. We'll do what we want when we want, and you will enjoy it. That's it. I mean, it just—it's strange though because I mean they should have—they've got a great lesson from you know the the Rock um, from about twenty years ago when they um, were giving him this big push when he was very green and um, shoving him down people's throats, and you know that's what started the whole die Rocky die chance and. Uh, you know, rather than persist with him as a face, they accepted it and um, turned him heel and, um, you know, really found himself as a heel. And um, the crowd reacted much better towards him. And that's when they decided to turn him face. And uh, it just shocks me that um, they don't feel that they should learn the lesson from that and sometimes turn people to only then bring them back to being face. Um, to get the kind of reactions that they desire. And they never did that with John Cena. And, um, you know, that, that kind of negative reaction towards Cena still hasn't gone away. I mean, it's not quite as bad as it used to be, say, four, five, six years ago, but it's still there. Yeah. He still gets um, mixed reactions at TV shows. Um, um, but, you know, in terms of those vociferous negative reactions, I um, mean, it's now Reigns that is getting him. And, uh, you know, it's just... Um, Surprising that they choose not to learn the lessons of the past um, to try and resolve what is clearly, as I say, a problem. Yeah, it, it's uh, for me. It's it's just there's an opportunity there, and it'll be interesting anyway. It'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, I, in a way, I'm looking forward to the the pay per view, <laughs> despite the ridiculous name. Um, Maybe not so much for match quality, but just uh, story involvement, just to see intrigue as much as anything. I think just to kind of see what happens and possibly really as much as anything, because it's it's all part of shaping SummerSlam, which is, you know, is, is a huge event, isn't it? Well, it's a six hour show, oh, I think. Oh, God, not another one of them. Um, 
because the pay-per-view last year was four hours so um i suspect it'll be four hours again this year and then there's every chance if that's four hours that they'll go two hours on the pre-show so that would then end up being a 10 or 11 match card and uh sponsored you know, by red a, bull and monster that's right and absolutely Plus. and um yeah. one or two other substances and uh, <laughs> um you know it will be um a real all-nighter and you know, to get people interested and up for it, you know, they've got to really deliver the goods and come up with some intriguing, exciting matches um, and, and shows. And that's why you're quite right. Um, you know, the storyline um, aspect of this is, is all important because, you know, this will be the show um, that will certainly pave the way for the biggest stories and angles going into SummerSlam um, that will help with the build um, on Raw um, the coming weeks so uh, they really got a um, hit home run from a storyline perspective with this with this with this show yeah absolutely so we're, anyway we, we'll we'll be here next week to uh, to run through it all and, and give you our thoughts uh, and look back on everything that had happened uh, before the before that more um, whereabouts can fans find you how can they find you um so those that aren't aware um I can be found on Twitter. I don't tweet anywhere near as often as I should, but um, it's at Mo Chatra. Um, I'm also writing um, once again, um, writing for Total Wrestling Magazine. Um, the next issue, which is out in the next week or two, um, has an article about star ratings. Um, so star ratings um, or ratings more generally um, can be found for all types of things. Um, not just wrestling matches, but um, they've been a big, big uh, topic of discussion um, within the wrestling Twitter um, stratosphere. And um, so I've written an article about that. Um, and then uh, in, the, in the coming uh, few months, I'm looking to move on to writing um, a series of articles um, looking at the life of, of wrestlers um, from the perspective of wrestlers covering some um, quite uh, uh, difficult subjects, um, one or two that might even be classed as taboo. So um, really looking forward to uh, starting work on those as well. So um, that's where people can find me. How about yourself, Andy? I've got to say, more. That, that sounds interesting. I'm looking forward to that. And um, just for anyone out there, if, if just in case uh, you're not following more or anything like that, um, the at PW underscore index Twitter account. That is the pro wrestling index Twitter account. Uh, we will retweet those articles as well, just in case you do miss them. Uh, myself, I'm on Twitter at Andy armchair. If you uh, ever feel like following me and um, if you're of the footballing persuasion of the Liverpool side of that footballing persuasion, um, I do write from time to time on Anfield index. And my latest one was uh, just on, identifying foot, um, transfer window targets and uh, we, we won't go into any of that on this show because some people are just <laughs> not into it and uh, if you are into it you're probably sick to the back teeth of hearing all that kind of stuff but uh, yeah that's that's where you'll, uh, you'll and the windows only just me. opened as well yeah. <laughs> god slam the damn thing shut <laughs> anyway uh, more thanks uh, thanks for joining us it was good for us to be back together again uh, looking forward to next week already Oh, indeed, yeah, yeah. Um, looking forward to it running down uh, 
great balls of uh, I'll never get used to saying that name. Um, <laughs> great what were they balls thinking? of fire. Now, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, looking forward to running through that card and um, looking ahead, um, obviously, with uh, whatever comes out of TV as well, um, which will set the scene for the coming weeks leading up to SummerSlam. Um, so, uh, yeah, plenty to talk about next week, I'm sure. Yes, I might even uh, crack a song in there. You never know. But that wraps. <laughs> maybe or maybe not. Uh, but that wraps uh, things up for, for this week's Pro Wrestling Index here on the AI Podcast channel. Uh, like I said, don't forget, you know, you can keep in touch with us on Twitter. It's at PW underscore index. Uh, feel free to get in touch with us. Your thoughts and opinions on all things this show, questions you have for us. Um, your thoughts about uh, Great Balls of Fire, your predictions, anything, whatever you want. Do keep an eye on that account. We will uh, tweet out some polls over the weekend just for a bit of fun leading into that event. And and like I said, uh, we will be back here next week to run down everything that takes place there. So as always, obviously I want to thank uh, Mochatra for joining me. And we want to thank all of you, the listeners, for hitting that download button and joining us uh, each and every week. We really do appreciate that. But until next week, from me, Andy Wales, it's bye-bye now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.